0: Have you ever heard a motivational speaker? Have you seen these celebrity speakers that fill stadiums with thousands of people there to change their own lives? These self-help gurus are master entertainers, but what do they sound like in interpretation? Today on Globally Speaking, we talk about a new type of interpretation. We are calling it Interpretainment.
1: Welcome to Globally Speaking, your program that explores everything and anything to do with language localization. Are you ready to dive into the most critical issues impacting global brands today? Globally Speaking is designed to educate, inform, and challenge everyone who's engaged in global communications. Your hosts for Globally Speaking are Renato Beninato and Michael Stevens. Learn more by visiting our website at www.globallyspeakingradio.com. And now, here are Renato and Michael.
2: If you fail to anticipate, no matter how smart you are, you're going to end up reacting and your business will pay the price. And the price in the sport we're in is death, the death of the business, just like a gladiator. Now, what do I mean by this? Maybe I can, do, I can show you what I mean by giving you an example that more people could relate to. Um, I want you to sit up in your chair with some energy. So I know you're in it. Sit up in your chair with some energy. Make sure the person next to you's got some energy. And I want you to yell out, I, if this describes an experience you really have. And I want you to be honest. If, if it doesn't describe an experience you have, don't say anything. But if it describes an experience you have, I want you to raise your hand and go, I, all right? So here's my question. How many of you in this room have ever experienced the total and complete humiliation.
0: I am Renato Beninato. And I am Michael Stevens. And Renato, I know you know him, and our listeners who know Tony Robbins could recognize his voice. He's best known for infomercials, statements like... It's not the size of the fight in the dog. It's the size of the dog in the... No, I said it backwards. That's why I'm not Tony. Um, He has self-help tapes, seminars, books that include Unlimited Power and Awakening the Giant Within. Um, He reaches out to people and fills arenas because they want to be inspired and challenged by him. He's been a big influence on Mark Benioff, the CEO of Salesforce.com. His events are highly interactive and very intense.
2: Well, there's a whole industry built around these events around
0: the world. Maybe you and I should go into it, Michael. It might be our next calling, but you did tell me that you once tried to be an interpreter.
2: Well, I did. I used to work for a company that brought Michael Porter, this famous Harvard professor, and they asked me at the height of my 22 years of age to interpret his presentation for a single customer who didn't speak English. It was the hardest job in my life in the language industry. First, it was exhausting, and it was also frustrating because I don't remember a thing that he said. And the guy is kind of my guru. Well, when you interpret, you act like a loudspeaker. You get information coming into your ear, and you just spit it out. So information in, information out. Nothing stays in your brain. You're a conduit for exactly. the speaker.
0: So I, there, I know a little bit. There is a difference, though, between simultaneous interpretation and consecutive interpretation.
2: Well, consecutive interpretation is when the interpreter waits for the speaker to finish a sentence or an idea. And then he renders those words into the target language. Here's a short example of President Xi Jinping of China and his interpreter doing a joint press conference with
3: President
2: Obama.
3: As President Obama said in our meeting this afternoon, we just briefly touched upon the issue of cybersecurity. And the Chinese government is firm in upholding cybersecurity, and we have major concerns about
0: cybersecurity.
2: This looks pretty straightforward. And formulaic. In simultaneous interpretation, though, the participants wear headphones and the interpreter renders the speaker's words into the target language as she's speaking. This type of interpretation requires a huge level of concentration. So simultaneous interpreters usually work in pairs Mm -hmm. and they switch microphones. They switch their place every 30 minutes in, in general. Usually... The interpreters work in a soundproof booth that enables everyone involved to to focus on their work without the distraction of hearing another language. Probably a lot of people know this is what they use at the UN. That's the UN, and it started in Nuremberg. The first time that it was used was in the trials of the Nazis in, in Nuremberg. So what you usually see on TV is also simultaneous interpretation. When the volume of the speaker is lowered and you can hear the interpreter's voice over it. Like this Donald Trump interviewed, simultaneously translated into Russian. Спасибо большое, спасибо большое за эту пресс-конференцию, потому что мы практически это раньше, как почти каждый день проводили, и мы, наверное, из-за пресс- благодаря пресс-конференциями выиграли эти выборы, и
0: мы прекратили
2: это, приостановили в какой-то момент, потому что какая-то не очень точная информация начала просачиваться. Но я хочу сказать, что я хочу поблагодарить множество новостных организаций сегодня, потому что они Посмотрели на всю эту ерунду, чепуху, которая была опубликована, может быть какими-то разведслужбами, кто знает кто, а может быть это действительно какие-то агентства. Но это, конечно, было бы огромным пятном на нашей репутации. Они пытались подорвать ее, потому что.
0: Cool, I get it. But this episode is about interpretainment, so we mentioned the term in our podcast about the forecasts for 2017, but I'm not sure I completely get it.
2: Well, Michael, I recently had the opportunity to interview Maria Paula Bulhões Carvalho, who was the person who inspired me to create the term. Why don't you hear it from her?
3: I'm Maria Paula Carvalho. I am an interpreter. And I work with vents uh, of uh, coaching, motivational speakers. Some call themselves gurus, others don't like so much that term. And I work with the pair of languages between Portuguese and English.
2: So what is an interpreter compared to an interpreter?
3: All interpreters should convey the message as the speaker is choosing the words and vocabulary and so on. But what we found out is that in events of coaching, motivational speakers, personal development, people need an extra dose of emotion. They need to feel the translation and not listen to the translation. So we realized that we offered something different. We offered that emotional connection. We offered that... We surrender to the language. We surrender to the speaker's choices. We surrender to his emotion. And so we strip ourselves from the regular interpreters' postures and attitudes still hanging on to the core message and to what the goal of that lecture is.
2: So you have more freedom, more creativity.
3: Yeah, because it has to sound very natural. Let's say... If I am working here in Brazil with Interpretainment and I have 90 to 95% of my audience listening to the translation, people cannot miss the voice of the speaker. So if he's shouting, I cannot just tone down his, his choice. It is his choice. Everything in coaching and personal development has a purpose. So his shouting has a purpose. His laughter has a purpose. His gesture has a purpose. So my voice has to convey that purpose. So I have actually to dive into the character myself. I have to think as the speaker thinks.
2: You said that you are the speaker is the face, you are the voice. Yeah. Right? Is that what you said?
3: Yeah, he's the body, I'm the voice.
2: So you need to convey the same emotions in the process.
3: Yes, and the events that we've been doing here in Brazil, even the booth is up front. So the audience sees the interpreters inside the booth. And they see that we actually do the same gestures. It's hard because we're actually living through the message itself.
2: So you have to convey the same emotions. You have to cry, you have to laugh, you have to dance.
3: We dance. Unfortunately, we sing sometimes too. Thank God it's not glass in the booth. But when we're there, it's almost impossible not to do it. Because I have to close my notebook. I have to be looking at the speaker. And we dive so much into it that we actually instinctively, we do the movements. We do the gestures. We we do the same. We are the same at that moment.
2: But is that the same? Let's say you go to an event where you have 15,000 Participants and they are attending in multiple languages. Is this something that is done in all the languages, or is that a peculiarity of your type of work?
3: I would say that this is us. It's our signature. It's my team and mine. We go to some events in the United States where you have, like as you said, fifteen thousand people in the audience, and we have a hundred Brazilians. So my audience is pretty small if you compare to the total of it, but. They depend on me to be in the same mood as the other 15,000 people. And sometimes we even have the translation to seven or eight other languages. And then we realize that the Russians wouldn't curse when Tony Robbins curses. I mean, he chose to curse. It's not me. It's not up to me to make that decision. That cursing word, that thing has a purpose. Sometimes when we can, when we have the right equipment, we try to open the two mics and do the interventions with two voices. If it's a short intervention, even with one mic, we kind of hold on, stick together, and we try to do two voices because it gets more comfortable to the listener to realize that there is a dialogue so going if there on. if there's a
2: man and a woman. I'm an, a
3: woman, even to a man. I can dive into one character while my booth buddy can dive into another character, and then we can actually convey what they're feeling. And I see that the other languages don't do it. So
2: from a delivery perspective, you mentioned your engagement, your activity, your physical involvement. How is that different from interpretation, if we want to compare entertainment to interpretation?
3: There is a certain code that interpreters must follow that we cannot get, we are neutral. It's not that we don't, we're not going to modulate the voice. It's not that we're not going to pace down things and so on. But usually, interpreters, when the speaker goes, good morning, the, the interpreter goes, good morning. We have to go for the same tone. But you're not going to do that with economics. You're not going to do that with mining. Because people are not worried about living the message. People are worried about getting information. So when we go for living the message, you have to be exactly what you're seeing. Let's say you are in a crowd of 15,000 people and you have 100 Brazilian participants and they have to take part in the same process. So let's say Tony goes with a question and he goes like, who here has started a diet and has never finished one? Raise your hand. I have to start after, because, after him because I need to know what he's going to say. And I have to finish at the same time because my Brazilian participant needs to raise the hand along with the other 15,000 people. Otherwise, they won't be engaged in the process. So it's our responsibility to set the pace, set the mood, set the emotions. Or let's say we are preparing people to walk on fire If I don't work with them towards it, they're going to get burned. So they say, dim the lights. I turn off my lights in the booth. Sit straight up. I sit straight up. Palms of of your hands on your lap. Palms of my hands on my lap. Close your eyes. I close my eyes. Because if I don't do it, I don't convey it. And they won't go through the transformational process of walking on fire.
0: Let's interrupt the conversation and listen to a clip of Maria Palos' interpretation of Nick Voyagek, the Australian motivational speaker born with a rare disorder characterized by the absence of arms and legs. You will be fascinated to know that actually the first person to tell me that I was going to be a speaker was not my parents, but the person who cleaned the toilets at my
3: high school. He looked at me one day um dia, and he said, Nick. Net? Yes. Sim. He said,
1: you are gonna be a speaker.
0: Você um and I said, excuse me. He disse, desculpa, desculpa. <laughs> He said you're going to share your story. Você vai a sua I said I don't have the story.
3: Mas eu tenho he
0: says yes, you do. Claro que tem. He said no, I
3: don't.
0: E disse, não, não and he said Nick, you just have to try. I'm
3: gonna put you in front of some students. I want you to just speak from your heart. a do seu And I said no. And thought it I said, he was crazy. I thought he was crazy. I thought
0: he was he was crazy. he 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 was crazy. he was crazy. I thought he speak, he was crazy. I thought
2: he was I he fala, fala, I fala, he he was crazy.
3: I thought he was crazy. I will though. I think it's a process that we have to prove that it is different. And since it is very unique, it's it's kind of tricky because we are also it's becoming trendy to bring motivational speakers, international motivational speakers to Brazil, but people are still not very aware of how this work is done. So sometimes I see that there is this motivational speaker coming and then I start sending quotes for the event and they go like, oh no, we have already hired the interpreter we usually work with. And then since my clients that go to Tony Robbins, that go to The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, that go to other, like Kevin Harrington or other speakers, they come and they go like, they send me Facebook messages like, oh, we missed you there. Why weren't you there? Didn't you send a quote? And I go like, yes, we did send a quote, but they already had a team, you know.
0: So, as with any new service, it's hard to show the value in the beginning, but it sounds like to me that not everybody can do this type of service. It's a matter of skill combined with just raw talent.
2: Well, I, I like to think that entertainment is to interpretation was what transcreation is to translation. It's an enhancement that has fewer applications, but definitely adds to the value of the overall experience. Mm-hmm.
0: seems like something we'll be seeing a lot more of in the future.
2: Well, if people take it up in other languages, let's see how it goes. And at least we created a new term.
0: Sounds good. Thanks for listening.
2: This podcast was produced by Burns 360. You can subscribe to Globally Speaking on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to Globally Speaking, brought to you by Moravia. We'd like to hear your comments, suggestions, and feedback. So until next time, please visit online at www.globallyspeakingradio.com.